Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to this land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Relentless Daring Podcast, where we are engaged in the relentless, daring pursuit of truth, justice, and American jackassery. Now, this is my inaugural episode, so I figured what better way to start off a podcast than to talk about me. Uh, Basically, this is going to be a completely part-time thing, because... I still have a job, so I have to put food on the table. So I'm going to be, you're going to be coming with me on this journey as I build this thing up from complete and total scratch. Um, so right now, I am recording on a microphone that it's, well, it's a digital microphone, and reviews say yeah, it's good for gaming and stuff like that. Probably not so much for this, but hopefully, you know, I can eventually be able to invest in some good analog equipment but you know we'll get into that later um a little bit about me i am a combat veteran i've served 16 years throughout the national guard and the united states army active duty uh enlisted at the age of 17 i was a construction equipment mechanic so you know uh, deployed to iraq in 2003 you know, came home and served in several different guard units over the years. And then I it's where I got my military career backwards. And then, after eight and a half years of National Guard, I went active duty. Where I was given the brilliant, brilliant decision of, you know, your prior service. Uh, you can go infantry or you can go home. Yeah, my dumb ass said, oh, sure, why not? You know, I'll just use this to get get my foot in the door, and then I'll just you know reclass or change jobs later. Seven and a half years, but hey, in that time I deployed twice to Afghanistan, went to Korea for nine months, met some amazing people, did some crazy, crazy badass things, and it is seven and a half years that I do not regret at all. Uh, fast forward through all that, you know, got out of the army and then spent a year as a semi driver. That was a very fun time traveling the country. Uh, I pulled flatbed, so it was pretty hard work. You know, you get, get up in the morning, you have to unload, you know, if you have tarps, that means you have to take like a hundred bungees off the truck. Pull the tarp off the load, roll your tarps up, and you have to pull off all your straps or chains, whatever you have, securing the load to the trailer. And then from there, you go into 
from there you have to go into putting stuff away and if you have a load that's got 10 chains on it you have to get hung up back in the boxes plus with all the binders it's a workout but at the time being i am driving a trash truck it does not pay as well as you would think but for where i'm settled down at it's it's livable money between that and my VA disability. You know, I, I get by, but you know, I'm still feeding, you know, take, you know, providing food for wife, five kids, five dogs, three cats, a parrot and a rabbit. So needless to say, mine's a little tight. So hopefully as this thing grows, my equipment gets better. I can monetize and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I can get some, uh, get some merchandise going in the future. I don't know. This is going to have to wait and see. But for now, it's just me with a beat up old computer, a secondhand microphone, and some janky, janky headphones so I can monitor and hear what the hell I'm doing. So, uh, the whole theme of the whole, of the podcast, Relentless, well, the name, everything, the name, Relentless Daring, that goes back to a plaque that hung in my unit at Fort Knox, Kentucky. Uh, as part of the 1st Battalion, 26th Infantry Regiment. And in my company's area of operations, there was a plaque that had the 26th Infantry unit insignia hanging up. And around the base of the insignia was three words. Relentless Daring pursuit. And especially my first tour in Afghanistan, that summarized the entire 12 months I was there. It was just a constant grind going after anyone that we we tried to get hold of as far as Taliban, uh, any kind of high-value targets that were rumored to be in our area. And really, it helped shape and define who I am now you know have not just having earned that blue cord from at Fort Benning but from actually going out there and doing the job falling down mountains getting shot at having assholes try to blow me up but you know it it definitely made me the man I am now also, it left me kind of wonky in the head, so you know, also thank me, for, thank it for that too. PTSD, it sucks. But um, no, this is a, they said that relentless, daring pursuit. And you know, so now it's like I'm looking at this, and I see all the politics that's going on, and there is so much misinformation out there as far as. Oh, well, we're a democracy. No, we're not. We are a republic. And so it's constantly just like fighting with people. Uh, It's like, no, there has to be a constant pursuit for the truth. There has to be a constant pursuit of finding justice for those who are wrong. It doesn't matter if... You know what their orientation is, what their skin color is. If they are legitimately wrong, seeking out justice for them 
seeking out justice for those who would do against those who would do harm to others. And then just American jackassery that those things that's like so completely stupid you just have to talk about. You know, these are your Florida man stories you hear. It's usually lighter fare that you hear about. And you just have to chuckle and go, what the hell? You know, and, and that's what I want to do. As, with the, as far as the politics and pop culture stuff that drives everybody out of their mind, I want to take a more irreverent look at it. I'm not going to, you know, be one of these people who just drags it down and finds finds reasons to outrage people. I believe firmly that if it doesn't hurt you, you should laugh at it. And hell, the things that do hurt you, you should laugh at them too. Lord knows I've had enough physical injuries where I've just gone, well, I'll laugh about that one later. Um, I've been at National Training Center, Fort Irwin, California, and had a striker hatch fall and hit me on the head, and I didn't have a helmet on, split me open. While I am at the aid station getting my head sewn up, I'm laughing and joking with the medics, because what can you do? You know, it's just one of those things. And so, I said, everything is worth being laughed at. Everything is worth being made fun of. You know, whether it's politicians saying dumb things, which, you know, I will call out the politicians who are saying the dumb thing. Apparently my series trying to go crazy here. Um, you know, politicians are going to say dumb things that need to be called out, and I will do that when the need arises. Like the, the Ilan Omar, you know, on 9-11, some people did a thing. No, no cupcake. You know, people doing a thing is... You know, the local church group got together and had an ice cream social. That's some people gained, That's some people doing a thing. Nineteen terrorists killing three thousand Americans. That is not a some people doing a thing. You know, you know stuff like that is going to get called out. You know, AOC going on and on and on about how this Green New Deal is going to save the world, but at the same time is going to absolutely bankrupt and destroy our economy. Our economy. Again, it, it's stuff that, you know, maybe in the grand scheme of things, they may not pass at all. But the fact that it's being floated out there and being held up on... On a pedestal. I don't know. I've I've rambled enough, but I, I'm in, and let me get kind of go over a couple more little things here about me, and then I'll I'll try to get into something more topical. Um, as you're listening to this, you may hear noises. Sounds like a cat. It's probably because there's a cat with a bad case of the zoomies running around the house on a Saturday night. Uh, you may hear maybe a sound of a bell getting picked up in the background. That would probably be our bird. Uh, we have a double yellow-headed Amazon. His name is Henry, and he is uh, quite the noisemaker when he wants to be. Usually, we'll come in from outside and we'll agree with a hello. And it's like, 
hi. You know, they usually grab a peanut and hand it off to him and, you know, or pistachio, something crunchy that he likes to tear into and make, make a mess out of. But, you know, that's part of, part of my craziness here around the house. Um, or you hear the random sound of a Coke can getting set down on the desk. But, you know, life is crazy. And now the cat is apparently making the dog angry. Like I said, until I can afford to record where I can close off doors and maybe even have a some soundproofing go on, I don't know. But then again, this is a podcast that you are coming along with me from the absolute, you know, not even a shoestring budget. This is like old bailing twine that, you know, found out in the field and couldn't hold anything together with. Yeah, that's, that's my budget. It's It consists of pennies I picked up in the church parking lot. But now we go on to some, uh, you know, a little news story I found as I was getting putting all this together. Uh, you know, what would you do if you wanted to go to the city council and you're you're given the floor, you're given a short amount of time to state your piece. Ask whatever questions of the council that you may have. And then the city council is just up there playing on their phones, looking at their computers, having to just generally ignoring the people of their city. Well, this happened, you know, back in March of this year in Seattle. When you know, a man took them to the microphone for the public comment period during during that week's Seattle City Council meeting, looked the members seated high in their chairs in front of him, and hit the elected officials with an observation that should have roused them to attention. It's real discouraging to come up here and see all the heads down. It's he said before presiding council member. At Presiding council member Deborah Juarez interrupted him. Sir, you're on a two-minute timer here, so so let's go. I mean, they're not even paying attention. They're looking down at phones and just kind of not caring. You know, they say everything in politics starts at the local level. And usually at the local level, things are things get done, things get fixed. Politicians will listen to you. Every few Fridays, there's a customer I have where they own an advertising business in the same building. They have they also have they have an auction house. In the same building, they own the auction company. 
and the co-owner of these businesses is a state representative. And if he's out there working because he doesn't need to be in Jefferson City, you know, governing or whatever it is he does up there, he is down there helping with the auction house. And he's, he always comes over, takes the time to talk to me. Granted, I've known him since I was in the 8th grade, where he was the 8th grade boys gym coach. So, you know, we have a rapport. And anytime I see him, he is more than happy to talk to me. If I have a question about things that are going on in Jeff City... He takes the time to listen, even though he's not there as an official representative doing that business. That's who he is. He's currently working on something that I suggested for you know soldiers who are on leave and have that DA-31 or whatever, whatever the leave form for the appropriate service branch is. If you're on that leave... In the state of Missouri, you don't need don't need a fishing license, and it's it, it's a little thing, but I was talking to him about it, and I could see the wheels turning. He's like, I think I know who to talk to, because again, it's local politics, and you know he takes concerns very seriously. I've seen his Facebook page get lit up by people who are on the opposite side of the political spectrum and if he, they make a valid point they could be completely off in their delivery and be very blunt i guess would be the nicest way to say it and he will still take the time to give them a deserving response and deal with their concerns But here in Seattle, there's like, meh, whatever, who cares? But at the same time, you know, the week before, you know, they had their uh, Democrat U.S. Representative Pramila J- Jayapal, I think I'm saying that, saying that right, where she spoke to the city council and not only did she get more than two minutes, she also got their undivided attention because, hey, this is our Seattle Congress, our Congresswoman for our district, which means she can get us federal money. So we're going to act like we actually give a damn about what she says. But, you know, the people who are directly affected by decisions they make, they won't even pay attention to. I mean, that is a huge, huge problem with what's going on in American politics today. The people who are directly affected are peons. And at least I I don't live in the city. I live in the county, so... My individual concerns are slightly less than if I lived within city limits. 
because it's a more overarching government than a city government. But generally speaking, the county commission does a decent job of of oh the the gravel roads need to need to have some rough spots fixed. Okay, we'll we'll get a crew out there and we'll take care of it. But you know the you know that's 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 the really the worst I have to deal with. But you know when. You know, you can't get your city leadership to pay attention to you for the two minutes of time that they have. That's that's ridiculous. The man went on to say, It reminded me of George Orwell's famous scene from Animal Farm about how all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. And that's how I feel like I'm being treated now. Just because I was kind of asking for your attention, like I noticed you all were very attentive to Ms. J. Paul last week, and I just wanted to ask for your attention before I started, and I immediately got a hostile response back from you. I don't understand that. Dear God, they should have been absolutely ashamed of how they're being of the behavior they've been displaying, but they don't. It's because Americans have taken all politicians, whether it's the the city, the county, the state, and especially at the federal level, and turned them into lords and dukes. And they will gladly, gladly, you know, Hold that over you. You can't talk to me that way. I'm a congressman. You know, you look at what happened uh, last week with with look what happened last week with Candace Owens, where she was pretty much called out for you know supporting Hitler and defending Hitler. And during her di- her dialogue, her response, you know, she said that Ted Lieu, congressman, said thinks that black people are stupid, and the chairman of that committee immediately stopped her and rebuked her. You will not refer to members of this house as stupid. I'm like, and she's like, I didn't. Regards the fact that he called me despicable, I'm a witness before Congress and he is insulting me. And where did they get the testicular fortitude to take an American citizen who they called before them, whether they support that person, whether that person supports their agenda or not, and to insult them on the witness stand? It's one thing, say during a Senate confirmation hearing, if a person makes an allegation against a presidential nominee, whether that person be an ambassador, a judge, Supreme Court justice, a cabinet member, and the Senate and the senators, they have a witness who makes an accusation and they cross-examine 
and they attack the argument, kind of like how Republicans were asking rather pointed questions of uh, Dr. Blasey Ford during her accusations against uh, Justice Kavanaugh at his confirmation. You know, that's you know, that's what you would expect. Wow, those are some some pretty heavy allegations. Do you have a way to back those up? You know, can you offer testimony into this situation that would give us a reason to say yes or no to whatever it is you're accusing them of? And the sad part is, you know, in that situation, there was no evidence, and there's there's now a concerted effort against Justice Kavanaugh to have him removed from a guest teaching position at George Mason University over accusations that are unfounded. I mean, think about that. You're accused of a crime. You have not been convicted in a court of law. So it's just an accusation. But that accusation is being held over your head like a hatchet to prevent you from being able to have any sort of job in the future. This is not what America is supposed to be. This is not the way our system of government and our body politic is supposed to work. And that is why I am beginning this journey to try to bring truth and light to this to the culture of America so that maybe, maybe someone listens to this podcast and maybe they agree with me, maybe they don't. I really don't care. But if they don't agree with me, I would love for them to go and look up, look up what I'm saying. See if what I'm saying jives with what they're finding finding out on their own. Maybe it calls into question what they believe or how they believe or how they came to believe the way they do. Because I'm not here to start fights. I'm not here to call someone stupid because they think that the state is the best form of everything in this in this great country but be assured i do not bow at the altar of the state those who do and think the state is the end all be all i think you're wrong and that's okay because you can think i'm wrong everyone is entitled to that opinion of thinking someone else is wrong but the fact is it's not what you it's not being wrong it's how do you have the conversations about finding out what is right what is wrong and getting to the 
bottom of, or again, what is the actual center of the truth. And once you get to that truth, making sure you do what you can so that more people understand and know it. I think this is going to uh, wrap up my first podcast here. Uh, you can find me on social media. You can, on Twitter, especially. Yeah, there's my personal Twitter, at Morgan65536. Or the, or the Relentless Daring Twitter account, at Relentless Dairy, D-A-R-I-1. I'm pretty sure the only reason they gave me that was because Relentless Daring, at Relentless Daring, was too long. So, Relentless Dairy 1, D-A-R-I-1. Also, I'll be uh, putting out links to uh, support me via Patreon if you want to donate and hopefully improve upon my recording situation. It would be greatly appreciated anyone who wants to do that. Check me out on Apple iTunes, on Podbean, Google Play, and uh, Stitcher. That's, uh, that's where you can find all my find my podcast. And again, thank you for wanting to join me on this. And I cannot wait until we have more content available. Thank you for joining me again. Good luck. God bless. And f- remember, be relentless. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>